This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. This is Mike Smith filling in for Simi Sarah. Let's talk about the new North American trade deal now, officially known as the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement or the USMCA. NAFTA was easier to say. Let's call it the new NAFTA. The deal replaces the old NAFTA agreement. U.S. President Donald Trump said it was America's worst trade deal ever. All three countries declaring victory now. They say it's a win-win-win. Everybody wins. Let's talk to a real analyst now to break that down. Mark Warner, he's an international trade lawyer in Canada. He worked on the original NAFTA deal. I'm pleased to welcome him back to the show. Hi, Mark. Not too bad. How are you? Thanks for coming on. Okay, Mark, they call it a win-win-win, but usually in a trade deal, there are winners and losers, right? Which industries would you say are the biggest winners in this deal? Well, I think I think the biggest winner, uh, I guess, is the steel industry in one sense because they've got uh, the steel industry in in, in Canada and, and um, the United States because there are restrictions that have been that have been added in in terms of how much imported um, a steel from, let's say, China can go into uh, products that are used to make cars in the automobile industry. So that hurts the steel industry in Mexico because they do tend to get some steel from China, and it, and it helps the, uh, the steel industry potentially in Canada and the United States. Um, the other big winner, I guess, is the biopharmaceutical industry on the Canadian side of the border because we our industry is heavily oriented towards the generic manufacturers, and some of the provisions in the uh, in the in the original USMCA signed last year would have favored the patented or branded uh, drug manufacturers. And those provisions have been seriously watered down and in some cases removed um, in the agreement, that was, the protocols of the agreement that was signed right. this week. So those are the two obvious big winners. Okay, how about some losers? Would you say that the dairy industry, are they taking a hit here? Uh, well, they'll say they will because they get more money that way through adjustment assistance. But nothing that was done yesterday hurts the dairy industry. Whatever hit they had um, was a hit that they suffered when the original agreement was signed. Um, so nothing, there was no change from what was done this week on that. And, you know, there's no difference between what was done yesterday and, sorry, what was done last year on dairy and what was agreed to by Canada in the context of the Trans-Pacific Partnership on dairy. So, yes, they will they will squeal a bit about it, but um, they really didn't lose anything yesterday. The industry that is uh, from Quebec-based industry that is squealing a little bit now is aluminum, um, and that is because the, the, the provisions, the changes to the rules and origin, rules of origin that I just described with respect to steel were not changed with respect to aluminum. And so although there is a North American requirement uh, for aluminum, it's not as strong as the one that was negotiated and agreed to this week for steel. And so you hear politicians from the Bloc Québécois, the uh, Premier of Quebec, now saying that aluminum uh, was treated unfairly. I suspect that's not going to last too long, but that, uh, that's certainly an industry that feels that it wasn't um, treated fairly. Okay, how, Mark, how could this change, this new deal change the overall kind of trade dynamic here for the three countries, and especially for us here in Canada, if we have trade peace now and business has got some certainty? Does that help the economy? Does that free up a bunch of money for companies to start investing again? It does to some extent. I think there's, there's, there's the two big benefits I think that I see here is is at a time when the WTO, the World Trade Organization, seems to be in a bit of disarray with respect to dispute settlement because the Americans are challenging the, the appellate body, the appeal systems to, for trade disputes. What was agreed to yesterday or two days ago 
um, strengthens the state-to-state dispute settlement mechanism um, within within new NAFTA, which has always been an issue that bothered Canadians. So that that is going to further, uh, I think, help in reducing some uncertainty. Um, and so that's good for Canadian businesses. But then there are other ways where 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 some uncertainty has been added. You know, um, there is one sort of sleeper provision in the agreement, or well, with respect to labor and environment, that talks about. Uh, violations of the labor provisions or environmental provisions, sort of creating a rebuttable presumption to have an adverse trade effect on other uh, countries. Um, so, for instance, we have had challenges under the North under the NAFTA environmental chapter in the past with respect to Alberta tailings ponds and Hydro Quebec's transmission lines. And if those were in fact to be found to be violate the NAFTA provisions, we would find ourselves having to explain why that isn't presumptively a violation of our trade commitments. Lot, not a lot of people have focused on that in the last uh, 48 hours, but I think yeah. that that's going to come back to be a bit of a sleeper provision as we go forward. Hey, Mark, what about the uh, the forest sector, which is of keen interest to our listeners here in British Columbia, the forest industry going through a real tough time here in British Columbia, but forestry, the logging industry, it's not covered in NAFTA, right? This is a separate deal. No. So I think what I'd say about that, traditionally when, in all the times when we've been talking about uh, NAFTA and the NAFTA negotiations, we focused on the um, Chapter 19 dispute settlement mechanism, which has to do with basically reviewing the trade remedy, the anti-dumping and countervailing duty decisions by the American trade agencies. What was strengthened uh, in this current protocol to the uh, agreement was the state-to-state dispute settlement mechanism. That's to say, um, was the old Chapter 20. And before, the thinking was that the United States, if it didn't like Canada's use of those provisions, they could just block the establishment of a dispute settlement panel. It can no longer do that. And the reason that's relevant is some of those historic chapter, sorry, some of those historic softwood lumber cases have spilled out of chapter uh, 19, you know, the dispute, the trade remedy uh, review system into the state to state dispute settlement system. So that I think is some potential benefit uh, for Canadian lumber producers, but very far down the line. Mark, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate talking you to bet. you. You bet. All right, that's Mark Warner, Toronto trade lawyer. He worked on the original NAFTA deal. We're